pull up a chair and buckle up. It's the Original Strength Podcast. So first of all, Mr. David Wick, uh, I'm I'm a fan. <laughs> um, so really excited to have you on the show. Uh, and I don't know quite where this will go because I have a lot of different questions. But to me, you're like the, and forgive me if this is like, sounds crazy, but you're like a modern day version of John the Baptist in the fitness industry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> I mean, every time I, I, I watch you or I listen to you or read something from you, you're just dropping all of this. I don't know. There's just so much wisdom in the in what you share. But I know you leave a lot of people scratching their heads and speechless at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, what I would say is I'm the lucky guy, the little mouse who fell into a bucket of cream when I invented the BOSU ball. So... I did not have the burden of conducting sessions and having to, you know, hunt and gather as a fitness professional um, because I lived off a royalty income for the past 20 years. Uh, Worked very hard to put myself in that position, of course. But once I did, I had solidified my goal of I want to be the world's foremost expert on the subject of balance measured by locomotion. And so in that, I had codified and clarified, so I want to be the world's foremost expert. Number one, I'm competitive. I want to be the best, all right? On the subject of balance, and balance isn't just control chaos. Balance is a harmonic, everything's perfect situation that can otherwise be called coordination. And then the key part of that phrase, measured by locomotion. So it's task specific, the balance that we're doing and walking, running. That's the most fundamental functional movement that we all do only superseded by eating (laughs) cellular respiration, like the survival things, right? So walking is sort of a characteristic that defines our species, this upright bipedal strategy. And it's objective. I can measure the time. And so when you have objectivity, you have scientific authenticity. And that empirical lighthouse on shore, that if I'm getting slower, these results don't yield faster. Well, then we know that we need to adjust the, you know, adjust the trajectory toward faster. And what I came to learn was just, it's a first principles physics true understanding of biomechanics. And like I said, I had the resources to go to Chinese medical school. I had the resources to engage in Feldenkrais professional training program, structural integration, Ida Rolf, not from the masters, but from their direct descendants, the first students of these somatic pioneers. So in Feldenkrais, you had the the functional integration right? The nervous system being sensitive enough to sense the gradations of force and reduce the effort down so you could feel the grain of sand in your eye that you would normally just otherwise discard because you didn't even know it was there. Ida Rolf, the structural manipulation and readjustment of fascia and where it is ain't where it is. So if it hurts here, well, guess what? We might have something here. We might have something here. We might have something here. And so that continuity and integration throughout the whole body. And then Tai Chi Chuan, Tai Chi Chuan. There's three internal martial arts in the Chinese, you know, ancient China. 
Xing Yi Bagua and Tai Ji Chuan. Xing, the, as it relates to a circle, Xing Yi cuts the circle. Bagua circles the circle. Tai Ji is the center of the circle and all things come to Tai Ji. And Tai Ji just yields, neutralizes and issues. Send you on your way and kick your ass without hurting you. So studying this stuff and then the practical application of, chi, of the Tai Ji is to push hands. And the way I play is just, okay, you can't go above here. You can't go below the waist. You can't grab and hold. You can't hit. Who's the better man? Who's the better person? Let's see who can stand their ground. Who owns their space? Because if you can move me, move me. And what you find out is that it's not a game of strength. It's a game of skill where you yield to it. It's all these tiny little figure eights and movements that you can't find my center. So I don't care that you're 250 pounds and I'm not. I don't care because I'm going to, boom, you think you got me, but you don't. So wham, push you across the room. And if you got all day, every day, and the answer to what day is it, I don't care. <laughs> it don't matter because the check is in the mail and the rent is paid, the kids college, you know, it's all funded. Then it relieves the burden that most of us bear to just make your nut and then, you know, get more so you can create savings as opposed to maxing out credit cards. And not having the burden of delivering a cohesive beginning, middle end session, which I did for years as a personal trainer in New York City while I was funding my acting pursuit, I, you can take risks. You can explore things that don't pan out. You can scratch your head and find out. I still have nerve damage in my foot from something that just didn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't put a client through that sort of, you know, guinea pig phase. You go out of business and it would be wrong. So all, all that plus just a psychotic drive. I have lost my mind four times. And one of the, one of the tools that I used, right? Sort of, I'll call it fire was THC. So THC, the, you know, the, the psychoactive component of marijuana or cannabis, if you want to say it that way, it had a very unique effect on me. I didn't do it when I was younger. So I really started embarking on it in my thirties, my early thirties. So I was a drinker. And I associated pot with losers and apathy and, you know, just you're going nowhere. I come out to San Diego. I sort of get a different perspective on it because a lot of people use it out here and including winners. And it had an electrifying effect on me where like, oh, my God, like, I would get like, you know, I would get who's going to eat tonight. It's going to be me. And I would sense everything. And so for me, it was like a stimulant that gave my body special sensitivity and powers and like an electrification, but it also took my mind into very strange places. And I have a very high powered intellect. So that which I put my mind to, I can excel. So speed reading, I go, you know, like that type of thing. Um, and I think I used both the intellect as we would understand it in conventional terms to understand Western anatomy, you know, to, to work with Thomas Myers and do fresh frozen dissection. So I'm inside the body now, right? But I also used Eastern philosophy and, 
you know, the esoteric and my own little uh, phonetic game where I can take numbers, equate them to letters, change the way the meaning of the letters and the words to help me put together a narrative that sort of brings it back to the first, the first among us, when it was just a stick, <laughs> just a stone. You didn't even have fire yet. You know, like, how you gonna live when bigger, faster, stronger comes over the hill then? Okay, and now just add a rope, add fire, add the dogs of war, add the secrets of the plants. And that's those six factors. I mean, now you get to iPhones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that constant leveraging of our intellect and our, our technology and our convenience it essentially robbed us of the necessity to move efficiently. So the human being, the human entity can be too smart for itself so that it thinks in terms of these like, oh, well, you know, I must brace my core because my core, you know, or, and create a whole lot of nonsense that then is foist upon the industry. And as the inventor of the BOSU ball, I would ask anybody out there to find another person and another product that has taken so much incoming through the years that, I mean, it was made fun of when it was a prototype. Fortunately, it came at the right time and it was, you know, a favorable look at stability balls and hence BOSU balls onboarded at the right time, but it was still plenty of you know, detractors. But in 2007, when anti-core movement, anti-rotation, when, when, when suddenly the core did not generate power anymore, and suddenly it was just a conduit to the ball and socket joints, and suddenly the most important thing that you could do for functional fitness was immobilize your spine and prevent it from moving. Okay, that was like literally sold to the industry in blogs, articles, videos, uh, published peer review, everything you could imagine to sort of set the stage for this marketing campaign that we are the science, we're the peer review, you're anecdote, you're nothing, and we know core function, core function. We have conflated it with heavy bilateral lifts. So the squat and the deadlift suddenly became core function for locomotion. And I mean, it's just insane. And egos and wrong ideas die very hard. The Fosbury mm. flop and high jump was, is a fundamentally biomechanically superior technique to jump over a high bar. And when it was presented to the world on the greatest stage, which was the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, Dick Fosbury does it, sets the Olympic record, not the best athlete, wins the gold medal, right? Four years later, 1972, they're back to scissoring. They're back to Western role. They're not doing the technique that in hindsight, shame on you. Shame on you, coach. How the hell could you not recognize that this is biomechanically superior, that your center of mass doesn't have to go over the bar and you're activating the posterior chain to get up? There is an advantage that you cannot do without as witnessed by everybody does Fosbury. The only people that don't do Fosbury are kids who, you know, aren't ready to do it and old people who started late <laughs> and now they're competing, jumping four feet high, diving over a bar. If you want to be competitive, you're doing the technique. 
But the, the issue is Fosbury appeals to that many people, right? You could put them all on Manhattan Island and you could still have the whole island empty if you added up all the high jumpers, right? But walking, and now we're getting to a realm that you have been studying because your locomotive strategy begins with the, with the precursors prior to that, the original strength, right? So, right. oh, the posterior, oh, I'm going to get my head up and I'm going to look. Oh, I'm going to crawl and engage the core. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. So it's, it's an absurd position that the industry's in. It's completely absurd. Uh, fortunately, now, and the reason I'm smiling ear to ear and even bigger inside is because now the narrative is shifting and this glacial pace of like change that I have been, oh, come on, please move faster. It's finally hitting the critical mass where the thought leaders are suddenly no longer leading the thoughts because the king's new clothes, emperor walking down the street, dude, you're in a straitjacket. You're, you're in clunky armor that's not letting you be balanced, all right? And the rest of us, right? The rest of us are gonna go get balanced now and non-contact injuries, this mysterious phenomenon that since 2007-ish, we've seen a skyrocket in non-contact injuries where the announcers, Jeff Van Gundy's on TV go, what the hell is happening here? That guy's the best athlete in the world, one of them, and he's running over there and now he shredded his knee and nothing happened. He just fell down. Like, what the hell's going on? Is it the shoes? Is it the surface? Well, it's happening on a football field too. Turf and natural grass. Like what's going on here? Well, what if as a, as a strength and conditioning industry, right? Fed by the National Strength and Conditioning Association, fortified by the peer-reviewed science in the Journal of Sports and Conditioning Research and blah, blah, blah. What if, if that paradigm was suddenly to uproot you and make you a deer in headlights, frozen tension that is only restrictive and it is not productive. It's load, explode. People say, oh, it comes from the ground up. Oh yeah, but it, at first it has to go down before it goes up. And there is an energetic release. If you get scared, the tension rises and your center of mass, you become a lot less effective and you get beat up in a fight. Okay, and, and you don't catch the rabbit and the big bad wolf, he's going to eat you if you're this. So the best defense is a good offense. And don't be afraid. So what happened was this Paloff press is the epitome of the problem because it, it, it is the one thing in martial art that you do not want to do is be flat 50-50 frozen in place where you can't be productive now. You are a move removed from your move. And that's your foundation now. And now you take every strength and conditioning under the sun and you ostracize the ones who don't buy in. Oh, you, you, you don't know what you're doing. Right? We're not going to hire you. <laughs> you're not using the playbook that we are using to make money. I mean, let's face it. It's just, and they're not bad people. That's the thing is that strength and conditioning coaches, fitness professionals are some of the best people in the world. I mean, maybe if some of us have dysmorphia and eating issues that we're reconciling for ourselves so we can help others, so we're not perfect, but we're not scheming evil people. 
You don't go into strength and conditioning to be a millionaire, okay? You go into it because it's your life's passion and you enjoy every minute of every day, waking up early, right? Getting there, inspiring people, right? Seeing them transform. These are good people. And so it's episodes like this that, you know, a few good men and a few good women are going to listen to it. It's going to resonate. Oh, gee, that does make sense after all. That crazy knucklehead nut, right? Weck. He's actually making sense. And I couldn't quite keep up with what he was saying there, but I trust Tim Anderson. So, hey, guess what? I'm going to dive deeper and we're going to simplify it down to the roots. And my philosophy now is that we have, once it is recognized, something that can be fundamentally understood and practiced, which is called balanced locomotion. And balanced locomotion is as simple as head over foot where the head goes the body goes and if you position your head to land above your foot on your next step which requires you to coil the core so the center of mass the dantian that can go straight in space as everything rotates about it with perfect balance you can stop your gait and be on one leg and not have to change I can be weighted over that with my head, but I can be weighted over the empty and nothing changed. I'm controlling myself. So that's what the world's foremost authority on the subject of balance measured by locomotion has to contribute is I'm going to help make every step stronger for everyone on this planet. And that is a foundation that can't be faked. It can't be bullshitted. And that is how I want to make our founding fathers proud and our grandchildren's grandchildren prosperous. So when I'm in heaven, I'm looking down and say, okay, the game is good. And I believe that we can create heaven on earth. If we heave on earth with balance and strength, I'll only take another step and my back ain't going to give out. And if I get hurt, I know how to navigate space. Even when my hamstrings blown out, I can still run relatively fast and far because I know how to giddy up without having to engage it because I perfectly engage it. Everything you're talking about is honoring our design and living in it. And, and our design is that we move beautifully, fluidly like poetry versus like a, a robot. And I, I've often struggled with brace this, tighten that, stiffen this. Okay, now move because none of that's natural. And, you know, everybody looks at a leopard walk or a lion walk and they look, oh, how beautiful, how, how, how majestic. But that's supposed to be us. And we're supposed to do it even better than they can. Like they should be looking at us. Like when, when we walk around, those animals should stop and say, dang, look how good that guy's moving. They can look at a Red Bull athlete and say, how the hell did he jump that motorcycle 300 feet in the air, flip it around, let go of it, catch it, and then land on top of a moving boat? Right. <laughs> Leopard can't do that. Right. <laughs> Parkour guy jumping 40 feet off, and as long as he knows how to decelerate appropriately, it don't matter. And that's the thing. Like when we, when we honor our design and we are moving beautifully and fluidly, well, we're powerful. And – we're a lot more resilient, a lot more resilient. And a lot more open-minded and flexible and a lot less likely to be brainwashed by bullshitters.
Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, okay, so a stuck mind uh, is a tight, is a stuck body, and a free body is a free mind. Philosophers of old used to be badasses physically. They were they 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 were the you know the 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 gladiator the you know the you know the Arnold Schwarzenegger the you know the the Rock. They were that with a mind. They weren't some pencil neck who, you know, can't move their body. It was the sound body, sound mind. Because again, you couldn't pick up the phone and call Domino's and get your little, you know, get your little pizza in 30 minutes or it's free. And the American Express card that you cannot leave home without it, that was a stick. It was a spear. It was a blowgun. It was, was, you know, it was that for the longest time relative to how long we've been here. And, and I'm willing to go to the place where I, you know, I don't, I personally don't even believe in Darwin's theory of evolution anymore. I just think, you know, random mutation of some amino acid that has to be viable and then preferred for, but what about the other amino acids to create the viable protein chain? I think there's intelligent design. I think that it is, I think that it is mycelial network. So I think it is the fungi in the sky, you know, embedded within a comet. So just add water frozen can go forever finally impregnate the stone add heat okay go to work right plan plan the extraterrestrial show the planet let's go because if i were god with no beginning and no end the first thing i'd do is create creators and i say you make me dinner you do breaking bad you do stuff that i'm going to be surprised because guess what if I know what's coming next and I'm all knowing, I can't deceive myself so that I can be surprised. Shoot me now, shoot me now. Imagine that nothing, nothing, not a single thing was, was unanticipated. And there would be no creativity. It would be, it would be the worst purgatory situation you could be in. Yeah, yeah, because well, if you have an intellect and the intellect knows all, well, then where else is there to go? I do the rel- I do the relentless pursuit of better. I don't do best. I do when I get the best, I got to get better. Because they, that's that's active. Gravity is happening. OK, it's it's happening. There's this attractive current that nine point eight meters per second square to sea level that's attracting you that gives you the timing and it gives you the where. So you have the, that logo right there. That is gravity, okay? That is where and it is when, okay? And that's what we're gonna do. And then we have to understand how to harness the horizontal polarity and use torsion, right? And then verticalization so that I can defend that way <laughs> and go that way, <laughs> right? If I'm Mr. Twisty Strength and Conditioning Coach, well, guess what? I don't catch dinner and I become dinner. So I want to go back to this real quick too, because lately, well, not lately, but yeah, sure, the last 20 years, one of the big debates is everybody's worried about knees over toes. Oh, but yeah. What, but what you're saying is we really should be concerned about head over toes, what, what I'm saying is that the first and foremost priority is that we have the capacity to transition our weight, to change the base of support with a fluidity and grace where we are not engaging any 
compensatory movement that's not productive, but rather protective. So if you are out of balance, the nervous system is going to spring into action. It's going to fire things, not for the productivity, but it's a regressive tension that is now protecting you from your own ignorance. It's protecting you from your own, you know, way of not honoring God himself. I want people to walk as if God were coming down and being inside them and walking in their shoes. How would he have you walk? You're going to be all back pained, all stiff. You're going to be all pal off pressed. No, God would let go of the rubber band and say, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing that to me? <laughs> I'm here to enjoy myself, right? To express myself. So if you are out of balance by your own accord, I mean, listen, if something comes and hits you or you get surprised or you slip on ice or whatever, it's okay. We make mistakes. Then your body will spring into action, but there is a reason. If there is no external causality for you to trip or you to stumble, well, then what the hell are you doing? And, and I'm a guy who doesn't believe that babies come into this world as like natural movers that we should all aspire to be. I think that they're putty. And if you put a kid out in the backyard with the dogs and this happened, this has happened. There was a girl who lived with the dogs in the backyard because the parents were alcoholics and they didn't care or provide. And at 10 years old, she's eating with her mouth on all fours barking. She don't upright bipedal. She don't speak a language that we do. And she's, you know, she's a dog. She imprinted and we are, you're smooth brain all in this stuff until you, it convolutes and you see mirror neurons. You didn't study English, neither did me. The baby's body proportions are so different from ours. They all butt wink. I mean, show me one that doesn't. I'll show you a hundred that do, right? And butt wink isn't necessarily bad. It, what it is, is we are constantly learning and we call them toddlers for a reason because they toddle around and every step is a fall that they recover from until they reconcile it with smooth. Whereas Bambi just comes out and if Bambi don't stand up within a minute, well, Bambi don't live. So we, we are all potential, all potential. And it's just the code, it's the plan, it's the information. We could find out some secret that suddenly turned us into like super beings compared to where we are now because we would be able to harness the full potential of the human brain. And by the way, I would call this, this is brain matter, okay? Everything is brain. It, it, it's all just a root system. You're like a, a man of war jellyfish where all the rest of it dangles down. And that's just sensory input for the brain. And it's all it about information. It's all about in, in formation. Yep. Right? In formation. So if my form is fluid, which it is, I mean, how much percent are we water? 70. <laughs> <laughs> right? So are we, are we hydraulic fluid creatures or not? <laughs> Even if you're dehydrated, you're still fluid. And then it's regulated by the pneumatics, which is the air, which is the breath. But the power is hydraulic. 
And hydraulic, I would rather have hydraulic brakes than the pneumatics. Hydraulic is, you can't compress hydraulic. You can't, you can't compress water. That's right. <laughs> you can't compress hydraulic. You can take gas and you can squeeze it so hard till it turns into liquid. <laughs> right? That's what they do to natural gas. Is they turn it into a fluid. So, so the, the pneumatics is the thing that you must manage in order to get the most from the hydraulics. And what you want is you want to get the maximum contribution of the connective tissues to be sending force through the fluid medium, right? So the guy who's born Bo Jackson versus the guy who had to lift weights to look like Bo Jackson, odds are Bo Jackson born that way doesn't have that like years of restrictive tension that, you know, built the muscle is just big cat fluid from the start, right? And I'm not, and you can lift weights. I I'm a big believer in training and I think stronger is better personally. <laughs> like the trap that a lot of functional guys get into is suddenly the barbell is like some demonic <laughs> plague. <laughs> like, oh no, that's horrible. Well, no, it's a tool and you could use it appropriately to get stronger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I, if you have balance and you know how to funnel force to the floor to create that land load launch, the load explode, that, that beautiful trinity of land load launch, right? Then stronger is better. So, and again, or I've been a big fan of yours for years. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an historian in fitness and I try to have my finger on the pulse of what's going on. And so when you start talking about original strength and you're getting back to the fundamental patterns of, you know, of lo of locomotive origin. Yep. <laughs> right. And now you start looking at the stages of it, right? Because that's what I, if I think of you, I instantly think of like a crawl, a very deliberate crawling so that I can inform myself that when I get up, I'm doing this better. Like that is what I think of you in the first, like, that's the first image that comes to my mind is you up crawling because that to me, that was sort of the take home message from original strength. No. Yeah. I, like, and so this, again, it's the, the beauty of our design and like a, a child is born with the, the crazy proportions that it has to me, that's ingenious for really strengthening its body and making its core so powerful. The head is so big. Yes. So the core yeah. has to get so, so strong. And that's why the child is so, so resilient. And that's why they learn to move so well, because like you said, they go from toddling to smoothing everything out. Yeah. And, and while crawling is the miracle movement, like it does so many wonderful things neurologically and it ties your ex together, your body together, and it teaches you fluidity, but we're at, we're designed to walk. And walking is the miracle movement is the ultimate apex miracle movement that is still supposed to, to keep us tied together, to keep our nervous system healthy and to keep us powerful. Like yes. walk, walking is strength, life and health period to me. Walking is the, it's the, it's the, it's the strategy that optimizes the design. Yes, yes, in yes, yes. Of, in terms of the economy with which you can navigate space. So that, you know, even a condor that can take one flap and go 300 miles, they still got to get up in the air. Right. Right. So at some point you got to be working hard with walking. 
I mean, we are so efficient that we have the capacity to basically endure past the creatures that are faster than us. Right. And we and we and we have teamwork so we can cooperate in a manner that others can't. So that gives us the ability to be the apex predator. And and my business is basically inventing products and selling them, which means I try to give away the software because I create tools that allows you to engage in that information and training that is, you know, that begets you want to use my product. And I don't view fitness products as a zero sum game. I think your best fitness customer is someone who just bought your program, who someone just bought that foam roller because now they want more. Right. It's only a zero sum game if you're, you know, advertising at 2 a.m. and the person is so disgusted with themselves that they laid a credit card down. The thing shows up in the mail and they don't use it. That's a zero sum. OK, we sold how many? You know, we sold seven million ab lounges. OK, great. Well, how many you'll sell tomorrow? Zero. Because the fire goes out the minute you stop telling everybody that that's the solution to all their physical problems. Oh, you know, it, 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 we can solve your problems, right? We need to live by example and we need to, we can put this thing together where it changes beyond what someone could even imagine now for good. I view fitness as fitness has the capacity to now become the most important industry on planet earth. It is when you consider that the be- how we feel is attached to how we move and the better we move, the better we're going to feel. So, so not only are we, we're designed to feel good. Like, See this book right here? Yeah. Feldenkrais, Awareness Through Movement. <laughs> that site's not all ripped up. Awareness Through Movement. This book, you can see I got underlines all over it, right? You got the dog-eared pages all in it. This was my introduction to what the awareness through what movement. Movement is what it is. I think God set it up with the little amoeba and, you know, in the fluid matrix to say, all right, you guys are boring. Eat, be eaten, go. Okay, I'm going to start wiggling. <laughs> I'm going to wiggle until I get a segmented spine. <laughs> right? Oh, I'm going to create that vertebral alignment. There was a science study done where they took a fluid medium and they just wiggled it a million times or, you know, the proverbial million times until it started to sort of concentrate into these segmented harder in between more you know cartilage type of structure so they just wiggled it and it took the fluid and it formed it into a spine a vertebrae because why because it was most efficient yin yang yin yang yin yang hard soft hard soft hard soft right so movement is what it is about that that and even internal movement is what it's about right the blood flow the circulation the lymph right what's the best position your next position right (laughs) there is no best position because you stay there forever it's gonna suck who wants to eat chicken every day all day long i mean come on give me me a taco (laughs) not not moving is stagnant stagnation leads to death and being moving is creative it gives life it brings it brings life creates life that's exactly right that's exactly right. So 
David, this has been super awesome. If if somebody wants to sharpen their axe, so to speak, and develop uh, their mind or learn from you or or play with your amazing tools like your RMT rope, your RMT club. Oh my gosh, you've got some you've got some great stuff. Where where can they go to learn more about you and and to learn your method, the WEC method? Yeah, yeah. So WECmethod.com and our our fun for a fitness professional. The course that you want under your belt as soon as possible is our rotational movement training specialist course, because that lays out the coiling core training, the rotational movement training, and the bilateral torsion training. We use three tools in that course. One is the rope, the Rosetta Stone of exercise modalities. You will integrate and coordinate everything more completely, more fluidly, more anything when you learn four fundamental patterns without jumping through the thing. Okay, that, that is just what it is. And we figured out how to teach it better and better and better. So that's one tool that you will learn the concepts to practice principles is what we teach. The next one is elastic bands because elasticity, especially limit force elastic, creates this excitation of the nervous system such that a slingshot with 100 pounds of force gets to the ground or gets wherever it's going a lot faster than a mass weight. So we need to manipulate them both, but elasticity helps us really engage the coiling core, which is essentially the polarity of longest, think brachiation going back to longest, right? To most spring coil. So you could support the most weight, put in there funneling shoulders and hips together so they can boom, explode out. And then the last one is our propulsors. These, this is a great invention that is so unexpected because I can add mass to the distal extremity and by gaming physics to basically re remove the inertia or take the inertia and concentrate it into the moment, right? So you're taking all the momentum that would create this inertia that's hard to slow down. And because of the shift, it creates a ricochet of boom. 12 ounces turns into 40 pounds for a millisecond and it boom sends you the other way. So you're going to learn how to, you're going to have a coil and rotate such that your head lands over your foot in perfect balance. And then you learn how to punctuate it with a jolt of power like Deion Sanders and like the people who do it naturally. Right. And so basically it is a framework. It's a one day course. We are do, we're teaching one in New York city next Saturday but we have it online, which is the way that, you know, most people probably would have to do it. And it'll give you a foundation that allows you to do what you do within this framework with a ratio of rotation to bilateral that we define as four to one as a departure point. And you can take any and all things and you can put, put, put this foundation underneath it and you will perform, expect to lift more weight, expect to be faster and more fluid in movement because results rule. And that Chris Chamberlain, who is eroding weakness on Instagram, he is my director of programming because he's the individual who complemented my skill set so perfectly. When he came into my lab, I taught him to coil. He went home and did a 40 pound PR in a one hand overhead press, the bent press. 40 pound PR from 15 minutes with yours truly. He, oh, I'm going to go back, see what else this guy knows. Next, I taught him the ropes. He devoured them. 
and suddenly he could assimilate all that he had already done into, oh, I can bring it back to this. Oh, I can bring it back to this. And he is an absolute beast, pound for pound, world class, right? And smart and just so, so unlike me in terms of me, tangential, going off, doing all these crazy, like, what did he just say? Chris is just like, you know, boom, right? Straight shooter, give you the A, B, C, D. So I couldn't be more excited because he's the one who helped me put my work in a manner that can be replicated, it can be shared, and it can become the foundation. Again, world's foremost expert, subject of balance, measured by locomotion. I think I rang that bell, and now I just want to share it with everybody. I don't know. I think your tools are amazing. Your 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 paradigm shift that you're ushering in is is needed. Um, I I just man, I, I think you're you're awesome. I got one more question for you. Yes, sir. Now I'm almost convinced that you only eat honey and locust, but <laughs> but do, Jim do, from Taxi. <laughs> do, do you like peanut butter? Yes, I do. Um, I have a weird relationship with food because I have, ever since I was born, I've consumed about five times more calories than your average person. So high school, I was doing 10,000 calories a day. I don't do that many now. But when I was eating peanut butter, that shifted into almond butter with flax seeds from Trader Joe's back when they <laughs> sold that, I was eating a minimum of 10 jars a week. Normally it would be 14 pounds a week. And I did a cross country trip where I got a tub of peanut butter, <laughs> like a bucket, because you know it just fueled me with you know dense calories. Um, I don't eat much peanut butter anymore, but when I do, I eat it by the spoonful and I can't breathe because I took too much in. So that's how I eat food. <laughs> I, I knew I was drawn to you by something I couldn't quite put my finger on. And now I put my finger on it. So <laughs> this has been awesome. David, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed having you on the show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now get outside and play.